Is everybody ready? Let's get rolling. This is The Big Show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Thank you very much for making us a part of your day. We uh, greatly appreciate it. Uh, We're going to talk to Brian Taylor coming up at 3.30. Stay tuned for that. Chris Camerani is going to join us at the top of the 5 o'clock hour. Chris Mannix will join us at the top of the 4 o'clock hour. Eager to hear what Chris thinks about Justin Zanuck. That's kind of the big news on the jazz front today, Gordon, that he's received permission from the franchise to interview for the GM spot with the Chicago Bulls. And, you know, truth about that is, Gordon, we thought the the same thing about uh, Coach Kokoshkov when he took the Suns job. You know, if you have some success putting together a roster, coaching a team, you know, uh, in the uh, case of Coach Kokoshkov really having an overachieving, well-coached team, you're going to get some notice from some other franchises. So that news today from Casey Johnson out of Chicago, certainly not surprising to me. No, not to me at all either. I think Justin Zanuck is highly respected around the league, and he should be. I mean, he's he, he has great contacts. He's got a good mind. He's got uh, a lot of things going for him. So, I mean, it, it makes some sense. Yeah, I'm not surprised. I mean, and, and that's the part. When you have a franchise that has capable people involved with it, isn't it just sort of a fact of life that, yeah. uh, that you run the risk of losing them? Your phone's going to ring. Yeah. yeah. And Mark Stein is now reporting, and this literally just came out a month or a minute ago, um, the Heat say Adam Simon will remain in their front office, making Simon the second Chicago Bulls target to withdraw from consideration after Shamshirania uh, reported that Indiana's Chad Buchanan is also staying put. So uh, Everybody's got a reason. It gets back to what we were talking about before. Whatever it might be. Yeah. And so maybe it's, you know, folks. I mean, ownership in Chicago has not been terrific for a while, right? I mean, Reinsdorf, I would say those Bulls teams won in spite of Reinsdorf, not because of them. Would you disagree with that? You covered them more closely than I. Well, that was the ongoing argument uh, about who who was who deserved the credit for what was going on there. My tendency is to lean toward Michael Jordan. Thank yeah, you. right. And Phil Jackson probably and Scottie Pippen and away from who? Uh, what was that dude's name? Jerry Krause. Krause. Yeah, yeah, and uh, mm-hmm. and Jerry Reinsdorf. That was probably what that broke it uh, broke it all up, right? So, I mean, if if I were in Justin's shoes, which I'm not uh, and never going to be, but I would think stability of ownership would certainly play into uh, to my decision. Huge, no doubt about it. And again, there are so many factors that come into play that any any legitimate candidate would would have to weigh out in his mind as far as what what is what works best for him. For some people, it's just straight out money. I mean, if if someone's going to pay you more, you're going to take that job. Others, it's security. How long is the deal for? Others, it's working relationships with the people around you. Others, it's uh, maybe what's uh, what's in the cupboard already. How how successful can you be with a team? What's the overall outlook? I think, and maybe a, a, a smart candidate would keep all those things in mind, but. I would want a good working situation. For me, it would not be about. I would not just go to the highest bidder. I mean, most of these guys are, are fairly, 
you know, you would think that they're not exactly, uh, you know, eating top ramen every night. Uh, they, they probably have seen some success in their lives and they're, they're, they're decently well off. But uh, for me, uh, it would be working. It would be working relationships with the people around me. That's what I want to be a part of. I want to be part of a team that I respect, that I like, that will listen to me, and I can listen to them, and and they can learn from me, and I can learn from them. All those things are pretty darn important. But I do understand that for some people, hey, show me the money, and that's it. What do you guys put in your top ramen, by the way? Anything, or you just need it straight up? You know what I honestly, how I cook my, my top ramen? I will drain all the water. Oh, well, I'll empty half the pack into the water. The seasoning? The seasoning. And then I'll drain all the water, put the just the dry noodles in the bowl, and then put the rest of the seasoning on the noodles and mix it up and eat them. It's amazing. You, you don't eat it with any soup uh, type structure at all? Not when I'm making it at home, no. But you don't add anything like eggs or, or ham or chicken? No, or I know you can. You, you can. I, I personally don't. That actually sounds pretty good. I've never tried that. Is, Austin, is that your normal Oh, I've one? tried everything in Top Ramen, yeah. Well, you go to a, um, a, a restaurant that does ramen that knows what they're doing. You can get all sorts of stuff in it. That's true, yeah. Yeah, and Didn't it's good. you and I go to a place like that once, Jake? Yeah, we did. Yeah, yeah, right down there uh, on uh, good old Wasatch Boulevard. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, sorry. Just, yeah, we got distracted there. Hey, Gordon. You mentioned Top Ramen. It's, I could connect with that. You know what's interesting about the Bulls, and uh, this is this is kind of off topic, uh, but I have some uh, some a couple of buddies who are big sports fans who live in Chicago, and I've talked to uh, them about this before. You know, Michael's Bulls were on top of the world. But if you look at the Chicago hierarchy of sports right now, they're behind, what, the Bears? They're behind the Cubs? They're behind the Blackhawks? They're behind, would you say they're behind uh, the White Sox? You could probably make an argument there. Like, what about the fire? I don't know about that. Yeah, not I mean, quite it's a there, big, huh? big soccer town. Uh, but considering the Bulls probably would have been up there with the Bears, right, in the 90s, maybe even ahead of the Bears at the time? Now they're oh, all yeah. the way down the list. We, You know, I guess we've debated uh, in the past whether or not, like, the Nets could pack, pass the Knicks in the hierarchy of sports in New York or or the Clippers could pass the Lakers. I guess we're, we're apples and oranges a little bit because we're talking different sports. But isn't that crazy how the, how the Bulls, who once had Michael Jordan and won all these titles, their fourth arguably fifth on the Chicago sports landscape? Right now, yeah, and it all has to do with winning. Back back in the day, the Bulls were king of that town. I think they surpassed the Bears and the Cubs and the White Sox. All of them. That was Michael Jordan's town. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, bigger bigger than the Bears. I mean, Chicago is a Bears town and always has been. I don't know. You know that they don't make SNL skits about how wild the, the that town <laughs> is about the Bears without it being a pretty big deal. But I get what you're saying. Yeah. I mean, it, they were they were running that town for sure. And now, I mean, they don't even care. They're not even the so, most important franchise in that building. So let's take let's take another city. Where How would you rank the teams in, in L.A., for instance? Uh, let's see. In uh, and around L.A. The Angels are, are first. Well, Shivas USA first. I'll say. Yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty sure Shivas doesn't even exist anymore. They In fact, don't. I know they don't. Uh, so FCLA, number one. The Galaxy, two. I mean, what's I the... It, UCLA it's, it's, Golf, it's, it's, three. It's, isn't it LAFC? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, you got the Lakers, one, Gordon. Is that what you're looking for? 
Uh, I imagine the Lakers would be, well, I don't know, maybe right now, yeah, they're back there. They were down for, you know, it got to the point where Jack wasn't even going to the games anymore. Now they with LeBron and all L-A-K-E-R-S. Wow, so where did that come from? That the is Dodgers, brilliant. The Dodgers were king of that town for a long, long time. The Angels have never been. No, the Angels are kind of like the uh, the Nets in our previous uh, scenarios. Okay, all right. <laughs> Happy quarantine, <laughs> jerks. What uh, what freeways uh, separate the the Angels from the Dodgers? All Austin? of them. The the six oh seven. Well, you yeah, can go the up to six oh. You can go up to six oh five. You can go up Q-96. to five. You can go up to fifty seven. You can take Harbor quite a way, couldn't you, Gordo? I don't. Know. <laughs> and then if take you that go to Sepulveda. That way. <laughs> Oh, don't yeah, uh, Wilshire yeah. is a big one. To Crenshaw. What what uh, what order would you put that in? In most towns that have multiple teams, do you think it's is football king? What what towns is football not king? It's got to it's got to totally depend on the the market, right? I, I think. Well, that, the Bay Area. Take the Bay Area for instance. I mean, even with the Warriors during their glory years, were they king of that that area? Or, that, or was it the Niners? Or was it the Giants? I was think it, it would A's? be. I would think it'd be the Niners and the Giants competing for that, wouldn't you? Yeah, I suppose so. Uh, well, and the Raiders have, you know, it, 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 it probably fluctuates, man. I mean, it, when is one there team a market not, where the uh, where an NBA team would be above an NFL team? Miami, maybe. Uh, maybe, L.A. L.A., yeah, definitely. What are we forgetting? Certainly not uh, Dallas or Houston, right? Certainly not what, what's Texas. Bigger, what's bigger, OKC, the Thunder, or the Sooners? Ooh, I'm guessing the Sooners, but that's a good one. Uh, probably it is Sooners. Because people are pretty nuts about okay, uh, the, the Thunder, but the Thunder haven't been there as long, right? right. I mean, the Sooners, that's, that's generational. What if we combined Oklahoma State with the Thunder? Or would, then would they uh, would they outdo the Sooners? The Cowboys and the Thunder? Yeah, probably. Yeah. I, I wonder if the Cowboys wouldn't be second ahead of the Thunder. Sooners, Cowboys, Thunder. Oh, yeah. I'll, I'll tell you this. If, if the, uh, the Hornets were not so bad, I would bet Charlotte would be one of those markets. Have you been there when the NBA was huge in Charlotte? I mean, it was huge, huge. And uh, the Panthers are the NFL, but I mean that's that's basketball country, Gordon, as you well know, there in North Carolina. What but the, but the Hornets you, have been just so terrible. What order would you put the teams in the Metroplex there in Dallas? Oh, the Cowboys one, two, and three. Yeah, well, Cowboys won. I get that, but what next? Oh man, the it's Rangers. No Texas the, football, and then probably other the Rangers. other Texas colleges. Maybe other yeah. Texas college, maybe A and M football, Permian High School football. I don't. Know. I, the Mavericks. I, see, the Mavericks are kind of funny because they've been good under Mark Cuban, right? But remember the decades of just crappiness that preceded that, right? So, who would be number one in a town like San Antonio? Because that's in the heart of football country. But the Spurs, come on, the Spurs are Wait, king who would, of that. Who would even compete? Well, I guess maybe the Cowboys. Well, well no, you, you're you're talking about the Texas. You know, I mean, would well, you were talking you know, about be, Dallas. Yeah, but Texas isn't in Dallas. It's in Austin. Texas isn't. Oh, the University of Texas. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> Sorry, that took me a second. I was like, Texas so, so do you is think, an do you think University of Texas football is bigger than the, than the Spurs are in San Antonio? Ooh, I bet it's probably I, I, pretty close. Uh, they would be if the Spurs had never won a title. Having won five titles and had Duncan Popovich, Manu Parker, that whole thing. Kawhi. What about the Cowboys? Would the Cowboys be number one in yeah. San Antonio? Yes. But see, probably. The but the University of Texas, they have their own network. I mean, that there are a lot of Longhorn fans out there. There are a lot of Cowboy fans, obviously. If we were to take the state of North Carolina, what ranking? Who goes first? The Hurricanes. There? Of the National Hockey League. <laughs> See, the hard part about that is, is they've there's Carolina and Duke college basketball. That's such a huge deal. Yeah. I wonder if it would be somebody like the Panthers right now because they kind of like the Jazz here, unite everybody. Everybody's a Panther fan. Well, that's what's so weird about that particular area because you got in in, in a very small, uh, relatively speaking, space. You've got UNC. You've got Duke. You got. NC State. And what's the other? Isn't there somebody else in there? UNC Duke, NC State. Well, I mean, like, do you like UNC Charlotte is kind of a big deal uh-huh. down in Charlotte. Oh, uh, well, Wake Forest. East, uh, the Purple Pirates of East Carolina. So is Carolina basketball, North Carolina, bigger a bigger deal than the NBA in North Carolina? Okay, I'll tell you this. When I was in Charlotte and Michael Jordan was still playing and we went to the game where the Hornets took on the Bulls and we're talking about the late 80s, early 90s here, Michael Jordan got as many cheers as the Charlotte Hornets did. Now, that's also Michael Jordan. So, I mean, would uh, who, would Sam Perkins get that same response in the Charlotte Coliseum at the time? No, he, he would not. But Michael yeah. Jordan got as many cheers as the Hornets did, at least when I was there. Okay. I, these, those are interesting questions. And I don't know whether there – I imagine there's some way of measuring this stuff, and people do that as a part of, you know, who owns what market. But uh, to me, it's pretty fascinating. Right here in Utah, I mean, the Jazz, uh, Utah football, BYU football, what order – I mean, I mean, it's – that's pretty interesting to to decipher uh, right here. All right, we'll have. Or, B- or what about what about in Western Pennsylvania? Do you go with the Steelers or do you go with uh, Penn State? It's pronounced Steelers. That's not the way they say it. Oh, I don't. You know, it's I. I don't care. Uh, you know how you say Porsche. <laughs> Come on, haven't you ever been to Pittsburgh? They call them the Steelers. We're in Salt Lake City. Well. Okay, so here they're the Steelers. Where we actually call them Steelers as well. Do know? Oh, yeah, we yeah. kind of do, don't we? <laughs> See those mountains over there? Kind of like those who, uh, those Blackjack Dillers out who, in Wendover. Who, yeah. They have who good own, deals at the Jack Black Dillers. Yeah. Who, who owns Ohio? Uh, let's see. what a, Who owns Ohio? The Buckeyes, probably. Hey, we've got BT coming up next. It is the big show. We're talking a little golf. Uh, straight ahead, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Yeah. 
Many doubted we'd ever see it, but here it is. The return to glory. British Open has been canceled. Organizers announced they've canceled the famous golf tournament, which was scheduled for July because of the spread of COVID-19. It's the first time the British Open has been canceled since 1945 because of World War II. Golf will only have three major championships at the most this year. The PGA Championship could be postponed to August, the U.S. Open to September, and the Masters to November. What do you say? Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott. Let's talk a little golf right here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Let's get out of the Sprint special guest line, get any phone, and get an iPad or Samsung Tab A for $99.99. Visit a Sprint store nearest you. Of course, he hosts, co-hosts Real Golf Radio each and every Saturday morning right here on The Zone Sports Network. He's our good friend Brian Taylor. BT, how's your health? How's your family? Everybody doing all right? Yeah, good to talk to you guys. Uh, we're we're doing good. Uh, we're all we're all holed up here in Lehigh and um, not walking the grounds of Augusta National uh, today for the first time in 20 years. And it's a, it was a sad morning to start, but uh, a little bit of glimmer of hope and excitement when the Masters made the announcement for a November uh, reschedule. So uh, we we at least have something to be excited about and look forward to. But yeah, overall we're we're hanging in there, man. Brian. Uh... By the way, uh, I saw that you tweeted out something. Is it Kenny Rogers, who you're such a big fan of? <laughs> I love me some Kenny Rogers. It was kind of a yeah. part of my childhood growing up. So, yeah. Did you have a, uh, a favorite uh, tune from him? Um, well, I always, I always, always intrigued. I like stories. Like I, I like songs that tell a story, and Kenny was really good at that. So, you know, I mean, obviously, the, the coward of the county was always one that I that I liked. You know the the kid that you maybe didn't read quite well enough and he stood up when he had to and be a man. I always liked that one. And, um, you know, they, they, they go on and I mean, the gambler classic, um, there's, there's probably a dozen that, that I could sing pretty much every word to and take me right back to Southern Idaho in the, in the eighties. All right, BT, we talked about it a little earlier on in the show, but just take us through exactly kind of what was uh, announced today as far as scheduling goes. You mentioned the Masters, but several other things happened. Yeah, so it was big. Um, I mean, obviously, uh, the big announcement was Augusta moving to um, November 9th through the 15th. And so, you know, this is this is one that's, you know, been postponed, and they, they were careful not to call it canceled. And I think that was big for a lot of reasons. You know, one is the really the economy of the Augusta area, and uh, those of us that go out there most most of the time we find ourselves renting homes uh, from residents there to stay for the week. There certainly isn't enough infrastructure as far as hotels are concerned to to house that comes in for this uh, massive event, and so uh, the, the community relies on the the people coming in, and they rely on being able to to rent their houses out for the week and. The contract states in those housing um, contracts that the refund is only issued if there's a cancellation. So it's kind of interesting to see how they did that. And so but the Masters was careful to postpone it, uh, thereby not having everybody, you know, have to come up with a refund because a lot of these homeowners, you know, improve their home and things along those lines and pay, pay for some repairs maybe, take vacations and get out of town for the week so they can clear 
room for the visitors coming in. So uh, that actually proved out good now that we'll honor the, the new dates for those that have, have housing contracts. So this is a big boost to the uh, economy there in Augusta, Georgia, that relies on this Masters tournament. But uh, you're right. Some other things, uh, unfortunately, the Royal and Ancient um, Golf Association announced that uh, they will cancel the uh, British Open, the Open Championship, uh, this year at Royal St. George's. They're going to go ahead and hold it next year at Royal St. George's uh, at the same tournament. So everything will just kind of get bumped down. And, you know, the, the RNA basically saying this is the right decision. The U.K. is struggling too much right now with this COVID-19. And it just, you know, with the with the process of um, qualifying for the and it just didn't look like it was going to be possible. And so they're out. Um, PGA Championship, which was traditionally held in August, is and then was moved to May last year. Was it last year or two years ago now? Last year, um, I think, right? Yeah, I think you're right. Last year is now back to August. So they're going 6th through the 9th, and they'll, they'll keep it at TPC Harding Park in San Francisco. It's a great venue. Again, that I, I think that one is potentially still in jeopardy who knows how this all goes down we're all guessing at this point but hopefully by august everything's good to go and we can hold that one and then the u.s open will stay at wingfoot in new york but they're playing at september 18th through the 21st instead of the middle of june so uh that one will be will be interesting to see how that plays out so it looks like we'll have three majors at least to continue are, are still on the, the calendar still scheduled for this 2020 golf season and and then we're going to mix in a tour championship in there as well the fedex cup playoffs and then uh, a Ryder Cup is going to be in there the week after the um, the U.S. Open. So it is going to be jam-packed in there all around the rest of the sports. And I, I guess I guess we're all starved so much that we'll we'll take an onslaught of uh, of uh, options and sports to watch come this fall if if that's what it all comes down to. But uh, for the time being, anyway, three of the four majors still on the calendar. Brian Jeek was talking about this earlier. It is the whole idea. What do you think of the idea of the PGA Tour having events in which it's just the players and no gallery? You know, I think if look at this at this point in time, there's a lot of things to consider. Uh, there's there's television contracts. Let's just go there, right? Um, so whether there were spectators or not, you could certainly televise an event that uh, if it was safe to do so. And so, and, and for all of us that are holed up right now, I think we would welcome something to watch that's not pre-recorded. I think that that is something that we could pass some time with. And so uh, I think if that was a possibility, I think they should go ahead and do it uh, on a regular event. I'm not sure that the Masters and other major championships are as interested in hosting fanless events, if you will, only because... I mean, it's such a big part of it, and it is a part of all of the tour events as well. But nobody really goes on to talk about the roars at the 18th, or you know, the a certain stretch of holes at the Texas Open, for instance. It's not part of the lure like it is at the Masters or some of the other events. So, I, I think I think just considering those options, if you could play some tour events, the players would welcome it. Uh, the sponsors would would love to have their 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 uh, you know money you know get advertised and things like that. So I think there's a lot of reasons 
why maybe a regular tour event could do it, but maybe not so much a major championship. Brian Taylor of Real Golf Radio with us on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. And Brian, I just this isn't a question as much as uh, just expressing opinion and I'm curious if, if you agree or not, but I, I actually think golf is the perfect sport to lead out. You know, it's kind of set up to start first. You know, we could talk about galleries and what it takes, but you know, it's a, it's a sport that naturally can have some distance and it's outside and, you know, usually it's in a little bit warmer areas, right? And, and we don't know for sure if, if uh, the temperature affects this particular virus, but it could. So that might be a positive. And then uh, I, I guess what I, I really appreciated them coming out with a plan and maybe it works and maybe it doesn't. But I, I think it gives us all some optimism, some hope that if we keep doing the right things, you know, that we could have some golf in June, you know. So I, I applaud the PGA Tour for kind of leading out on this because I think they're in a good position to do so. Yeah, and I would put the LPGA Tour in there as well. And, um, you know, I, I think that they're, they're doing great. So golf is unique, right? It's not like we have – I mean, think about the summer sports and baseball, for instance. Um, baseball, you know, you have the dugout, right? The players are, are all sort of clumped together. And for the most part, you know, the, the tour players, it's them and their caddy, maybe a swing coach. I mean, you certainly have the – the harems that can follow, you know, the whole groupies that are around him from different coaches and mental coaches. And, but for the most part, if, if you needed to, a skeleton crew could still handle that competition a hundred percent without having to deal with, uh, um, you know, the, the close, the closeness, you know, and keep maintain a healthy social distancing. So uh, I'm with you, Jake. I think it's a really, I think, I think your take is spot on. And I think that was the reason why golf hung on for so long. I think they had hoped to be able to get through the players championship. But again, it's, I think that you, uh, business as usual had to change based on what happened. And so coming back with uh, a plan to mitigate the, 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 the interaction, if you will, especially amongst the volunteers and, and those working the event is probably more, um, more of a logistical issue than just getting the players and caddies out there to compete against one another. But uh, that said, I, I agree from a recreational standpoint, you know, I, I think golf is, is great to be played at this point in time if you, if you do the social distancing uh, standards and requirements because you can be out there and enjoy some fresh air and maintain distance and, and have some relief mentally and physically during this time when we're otherwise, you know, uh, devoid of those things. So I, I think golf is a perfect recreational as well as, um, you know, a, a sport and athletic professional venue for us to, to get some relief. So that, that, that I 100% am in your court. For the tournaments that uh, that choose to go without a gallery, are there players who 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 feed off of that stuff, and will it affect the outcomes of events? I don't know. It's really hard to say. I mean, I think there are people that feed off the crowds. There's no doubt about it. I don't. I don't suppose. You know, I've never had a chance to play privately with Tiger Woods. Uh, wish I could say I had. But I don't imagine it, you know, that Tiger's going to full-on Tiger fist pump a birdie coming down the stretch to dead silence, right? So um, <laughs> I think it would be kind of fun. You would definitely pick up a little bit more on the chatter. But some of the things that I've enjoyed um, watching that have been put out by some of the, the golf media outlets is you know some video that showed some conversation between Tiger and Rory when they were playing together one time walking from – to their to their approach shots and things. I think you'd get a little more of that, right? I, I think people, golf fans, um, enthusiasts, 
love the idea of what would it be like to play around a golf with some of these professionals. And I think you would get more of that feel like you were tagging along with them because there's an otherwise empty golf course out there. So uh, I think there'd be some unique aspects that I'm not sure it would affect the outcome or affect certain players differently. It would certainly have an effect, but I think at the end of the day, those guys kind of zone a lot of that out anyway and, and would just get down to, to playing some, some golf. And uh, certainly guys like Patrick Reed, who tend to get heckled more, would probably appreciate some silence. Well, BT, thank you so much for jumping on with us, and hopefully we're going to have you on a bunch in coming weeks to uh, preview some of these events, and hopefully this thing subsides and we can get more planning underway. Yeah, we're going to have a fun show this weekend, too. Real Golf Radio is still going on Saturday mornings, and uh, we've got a Masters tribute to Billy Casper, the 50th anniversary of his Masters victory back in 1970. Awesome. We've dug up some audio from the vault about Billy talking about that event and how much it meant to him and and, and other uh, some really cool stuff this weekend on the show as well. So good to visit with you guys. Appreciate it. Thank you, BT. See ya. Brian Taylor, Real Golf Radio, each and every Saturday morning. And uh, that sounds like a fun episode this week. So, no, one certainly not to be missed. Uh, Chris Maddox will join us at the top of the 4 o'clock hour. Chris Camerani, top of the 5 o'clock hour. We'll have more next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. I know it's late, but I knew you'd pick it up. Nah, I ain't drunk. Okay, maybe I do have a little buzz, but... Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Hey, girl. We're going to talk to Chris Mannix coming up at the uh, top of the 4 o'clock hour. But real quick, we have some... We have an update on the Justin Zanuck news from today, Gordon. Adrian Wojnarowski of ESPN reporting uh, about five minutes ago. Jazz GM Justin Zanuck did a video call with the Chicago Bulls today for the franchise's executive VP of basketball operations opening uh, Denver Nuggets GM uh, Arturus. uh, Let's see here. I don't want to mess this up. Karnasovas will interview with the Bulls midweek. But that clears up something that we were talking about. This is for the executive VP of basketball ops job. So the president of the Bulls is Jerry Reinsdorf's son. So this would be for the head basketball job. Uh, basketball job. He would be running the show for the Bulls, it would appear. I see. Well, that, Justin Zanuck, to me, is a terrific choice. Yeah. I mean, a terrific candidate for that kind of thing. If, if, uh, if Justin wants it... Uh, Terrific basketball mind and very well connected around the league. Yeah, no doubt. So there's a little update there from uh, Adrian Wojnarowski, and we will uh, we will talk with Chris Mannix about that news coming up right around the corner. And no doubt that that would be, uh, if Justin were to go, that would be a loss for the Jazz, but certainly with Dennis and, of course, David Morway, who's got a ton of uh, experience with the GM of the Pacers. You know, the Jazz brain trust would still very much be intact. So uh, that would be... You know, if he got the big job with with the Bulls, that would be that would be a nice gig for him. Of course, he's a Northwestern grad too, so there certainly would be some going home aspect to that for Justin. Wow, Justin's a Northwestern grad. That's what I just read. I actually did not know that until I read a tweet a moment ago. So, huh. it really is smart. Yeah, you you had your doubts. No, no, I mean. <laughs> No, he's definitely a very brilliant basketball mind, but hey, I, I guess he's book smart, too. Uh, I don't know about you, Austin, but I, I certainly always thought that uh, Justin Zanuck was pretty <laughs> smart. to you guys. Get out what? of here. What? 
You Just know. glad he didn't go to Michigan. <laughs> that that hack school. All right, coming up next, we're going to talk to Chris Mannix from Sports Illustrated. Stay tuned, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.